Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Fofcast, the Fulham podcast that likes to give it to you straight. As we're days away from kicking off a new season in the Premier League, uh, we thought it'd be a good time to release a new pod uh, and cover off some of those niggly topics which I believe are at the forefront of everyone's mind. However, before we get into tonight's show, I'd like to welcome back our guests. So without further ado, Mike, how are you doing? Um, feeling refreshed from a summer break? How's Ireland going? Or are you more stressed out uh, than before? Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, hi. Hi, Scott. Hi, Dan. Um, yeah, well, I've just come back from 10 days in Ireland. Irish wedding, which went on to about 4am in the morning. So that was fun. Um, and other things are progressing. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, let's see where that ends up. But uh, yeah, looking to uh, looking forward to the season. Obviously, following last year, last season's great uh, championship. And um, yeah, and I know you know I can I've come across a bit moanier regarding transfers and other things the club are doing. But you know, in the end, we had a great promotion and we're in the top league. And uh, we're all looking forward to uh, it all kicking off on Saturday. I'm sure. Yeah, no, I have to agree. Um, I mean, it's one of those ones where it's I think it's full of anxiety just from whereabouts we are at this moment in time, but obviously excitement because we've been away for a while. I've not been back for obviously any of the friendlies or anything, so it'd be nice to get back just to meet people and see how people are doing, actually. Um, coming over to you, Dan, um, how have you been, mate? You, it's been a while since obviously you've been back on, um, but obviously how have you been? Are you looking forward to it? And are you wearing your new pink training top? <laughs> Uh, hi Scott. Um, I'm not wearing it today, unfortunately, because I'm in the office. So didn't think that would um, go down too well. But I have been wearing it every time I'm not working. Um, but yeah, I'm good. I'm looking forward to the new season. Uh, looking forward to seeing Fulham back in the Premier League and hopefully staying there this time. Um, but yeah, Saturday I think could be a could be a long afternoon. But I think overall. Um, just glad to be back at football, glad to be back having a weekend routine and looking forward to seeing everyone home and away throughout the season. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, so, Owen, uh, Jerry can't be with us tonight, they've got other things planned, but I'm sure they'll be back on any kind of future pods. Um, but they're both okay, and I so say I'll be looking forward to sort of catching up with a pair of them at some point. Right, so to get this evening's topic underway, we're going to start with topic number one. Um, which I think is probably um, going to start with, obviously, the Portugal pre-season. club took to Portugal over pre-season and participated in a mini-tournament at the Estadio Elgarve in Faro, um, beating um, OGC Nice 2-0, losing 5-1 to Benfica and beating Estrel 3-1. I didn't go, uh, but I know you did, Dan. Um, so I'm going to come to you first. Um, I mean, firstly, how was the trip? You know, was it you know in good spirits? Um, you know, how do you think the team fared against all opposition as well? Um, if you can give us your feedback, that'd be really good. Sure. So I think I should just mention that I did only actually make it to one of the games, which was the one we lost five one to Benfica. So great choice there. Um, but I obviously, watch the other game games um on on tv i think um it was a great trip to see uh people from throughout the season for the first time for a couple of months um had a great laugh out there for me watching fulham in europe is is sort of the pinnacle um pre-season friendly europa league whatever it is I, i just that's my kind of thing so i was looking forward to the trip from the start to be honest um and yeah it was a great trip uh in terms of the games um Nice uh, was a good good performance, I thought. I thought we played quite well. It was quite a young side we had out, um, but I thought the youngsters did, did really well. 
Um, I think it was two penalties, wasn't it, that uh, we got that won the game. But I thought overall we looked really comfortable in that game against a good, a good French side who have who have been you know near the top of the French league for a while, um, and who who are a, a good outfit. So I thought Nice the Nice performance was good. Um, the game we went to was Benfica, um, obviously a top European side, Champions League side, um, but it wasn't. Wasn't the greatest performance defensively. We looked really shaky, uh, particularly down the wings. Tete uh, and Brian was struggling in that game. Um, I think against the opposition and seemed to be in no man's land quite a lot of the time. Um, and Gazaniga never really fills me with confidence. Every time he plays, we seem to concede three or four goals or five goals. So. Not the best game to go to, but um, obviously against a good side and it was early in pre-season and obviously we've changed the squad around and and added some new additions. So I think it was more of a, a one-off uh, game, that one. And uh, yeah, Estoril, uh, again, another good performance. Uh, it's good to see Palinia get on the on the score sheet. Um, so overall, I think the, the trip was good. Um, players seem to seem to get on really well from what I could see on the on the access on the behind the scenes access that I was watching. Um, and since then, obviously we've 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 sort of been linked to or signed new players. And Babu's come in. Looks like Leno's going to come in as well. Um, but I think these preseason things are just good good for good for the team to gel. Uh, would have been nice to have more new players out there, as Marco Silva's alluded to, but. For the players we do have, I think it was a good trip, well worthwhile, and uh, hopefully it's going to set us up well for for this season. You know, it's a good feedback. There. I mean, the main thing um, which I seen there was quite a few sort of familiar faces out there. I mean, I think on average we took about what was it, five hundred fans out there. Is that would you say that's about right? Yeah, I would say um, yeah, around that. Um, the Nice game looked quieter, and then Benfica there was obviously quite a lot of home supporters there. But yeah, about about five hundred, maybe a bit less. But it was a good good turnout. That's no, a good feedback there, um, Mike. Coming over to you, um, and obviously you, you didn't go. But I mean, did you catch any of the kind of highlights or anything? or watched the games. I mean, how? I mean, I know there are there are only sort of preseason games, and we can't really tell a lot. But did you manage to sort of catch hold of any and, and sort of see any frailties or any positives at all from from that trip? Uh, yeah, I mean, I watched the first two games uh, live uh, online, and then I was getting reports in the last game from the old man who was who was watching it. Um, I mean, the thing with preseasons, I mean, my memory is shocking at best of times, but I couldn't tell you who we played last year or the year before or the results. So it is, it's a, it's at the mo- you know in the moment type games, isn't it? But the Benfica one was a bit depressing, watching. The same players make the same mistakes, I suppose. And uh, what Dan says about Tete and uh, and Brian, yeah, down the fullbacks, yeah, wasn't good, wasn't good. And um, and you know you can make excuses, and you know Benfica are a couple of games ahead in their preseason, and, and that's all part of it. So the thing is not to you know get too worried about things like that, but it was certainly a wake up call. That's the kind of quality. You know, you're going to meet and uh, there isn't room for mistakes. First game, I thought it was really good to watch some of the youngsters. I thought Harris did really well. And, um, you know, and we get, get to look at a couple of the new players who have come in as well over the three games. So all in all, if you win two, you've, you know, you've lost one. They've enjoyed themselves. I, I agree with Dan. The back behind the scenes stuff looks good. And, uh, you know, I'm sure he's learned a lot 
getting the group together, especially with the new players and the youngsters, which I'm always keen on seeing them get run out. And a couple of them didn't look out of place. And uh, uh, tactically, I didn't see too many changes, you know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, useful exercise, good for the fans to get out there and uh, have a good time and look for, and in some ways celebrate the end of last season as well, which, uh, you know, uh, in the sun and uh, look forward to this year. But, yeah, useful exercise, but uh, we could have done with our defenders, our centre-backs, new ones being there really to uh, learn about patterns of play and, and get used to uh, to Fulham um, instead of being thrown in maybe this week or more likely in two or three weeks. You know, it's a good feedback and I think it's important. It is kind of pre-season. Uh, like I say, it's not really a true reflection. I mean, I watched sort of the highlights of, of most of the games. I say the, the most kind of like striking, the obvious one was, was the Benfica game because that was a difference in quality. And, you know, I know people say, oh, it's only just a, a kind of a friendly, but I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of at a level that we, you know, we will be sort of playing against this season. And I felt that we did struggle in so many areas. And maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe Silver kind of deliberately Use that as a kind of a pinpoint to say to the owners, well, you know, we are struggling in certain positions and, and use that to exploit, you know, those areas that, that we do lack in. But like I said, I think we're going to come on to the next topic and, and, and cover that in a bit more sort of ground. So what we'll do is we'll move on to topic number two, which is transfers. A topic which I think is at the forefront of everyone's mind right now. And with a handful of days to go until Liverpool, um, we still find ourselves short in quite a few departments. As it stands, we've got Paulinho through the door, Pereira, Solomon, kind of, and, and, and Babu. Uh, looks like Leno would join us, you know, sort of any day soon or you know, any, any time now, um, if not before we air this pod. But, you know, we're still, we've still not got any centre-backs or, or cover for Mitra, etc. For a start, you know, what, what is going on? Um, we were told that lessons had been learned from last time, uh, but we're painfully short again. It looks like we're going into the last days of the window to get players in. Mike, um, seeing that you've been sort of expressing a concern about this on Twitter, so I'm going to come to you first. I mean, trying to break this topic down into regards of, you know, sort of how short we are at the moment, you know, what we kind of require. And, you know, again, what do you think is going wrong? Because this just seems to be a pattern of the last two times. Yeah, I mean, I know I've been quite vocal about um, not getting the defenders in for sure. Now, when the season ended and they released all those players and you looked at the squad, I'm, I'm some, I didn't want us to go out and buy 10 or 12 players, spend 100 million quid or whatever. Um, I just wanted us to you know, get a good core, five, six, maybe a push seven uh, players who are going to make a difference in the first team. And the priority for me was defenders and centre-backs essentially. You know, two of them. We, you know, we needed two good centre-backs. Now, the players we brought in, um, Polina looks really good. Piero, I followed, I saw him play in an under-21 game, maybe around 2014, 2015 for Man United, and I've sort of followed him since then. He hasn't pushed on, so I'm quite pleased he's joined. Uh, Solomon being interesting. Mabu is injury, a little bit injury-prone record, but, uh, you know, uh, again... Him and Tete can stay fit, at least on alternative games, then, uh, you know, we might be okay. Um, and Leno's a keeper who has a decent reputation. I'm I'm not as fussed on keepers. I know you are, Scott, but, you know, I, I 
be happy to go with Rodak and spend more time and more money on the centre backs, to be honest. But uh, uh, so the signings have been decent, you know, but clearly Silver is not happy from his comments the other day. And he's looking, you know, he's pretty much said to two or three of the players, you're not, you're not involved. So that's another two or three you have to bring in. And you look at other teams and I know, you know, people will come back and say, well, Bournemouth haven't signed that many and, and so on. But if you need them, you need to go out and buy them. You need to go and, and sign these players and um, and pay a bit extra. And we haven't learned lessons, have we? You know, we're still going to start the season, or it looks like it. We're going to start the season without number one priority, which would be a centre back. Now, again, people come back. Oh, it's Liverpool. You're not expecting to get a result. But you want players to come in, bed in, learn the rest of the team. It, it takes a while to, you know, get used to patterns of play and that kind of thing. Contrary to the comment which was made to me last week, which is quality players don't need time to settle, which is rubbish. Um, so, yeah, I'm really, really, and I'm sure it's coming across, frustrated that we haven't learned the lessons. And we've got yet another manager who's complaining um, that... Uh, Tony and Alistair have not got, got the players in that we need to start the season. So it looks like we're going to do exactly what we've done before, which is, OK, try and get value, be quoted £30 million and then sign them at the, on the window uh, last day for like a loan or £10 million or whatever. But even if, if in four games you've lost four games, then you've wasted that time. And when you're talking about hundreds of millions of pounds to stay up sometimes you just got to suck it up and pay what's required and uh so yeah it's um yeah for me two center backs are absolutely essential uh maybe another striker but uh but it will also give the chance for some of the youngsters maybe to get in the match day squads at the moment over the next few games and see whether they do anything so uh you know, it's uh, we will see what happens, but uh, they need to get their finger out really and uh, get those defenders in. No, I have to agree. I mean, look, I mean, I've looked at this myself, and you know, and I've looked at it, is it a financial fair play thing where we've only got so much to spend? But then I look at the beginning of the window and you know, the type of players that we've been targeting. And, and don't get me wrong, I mean, we you know, we're targeting some good quality players and we paid some money for some good quality players. I mean, the original. Um, centre back that we were targeting first off, and then obviously I think there was a left back when it, um, you know. So we were clearly in the market, but it just seems that obviously we were targeting players, but it seems to be the execution. Um, I I don't know um, obviously what type of target we're on now. I mean, are we sort of third, fourth down the pecking line because players don't want to come? You know that yo-yo branding. I I, I don't know what it is. Um, and I know people use this excuse, oh, yeah, you know, well, Forrest, you know, they're doing a Fulham from the 18-19 season. I get that. I mean, they've come up, they've got money to spend, and, you know, not not everyone's going to do a Fulham. I mean, Villa done it and just about kept their noses up, and, you know, Forrest may just pull it off. But, uh, I mean, I look at some of their players, I mean, especially the centre-back that they've gone and signed. Um, you know, there is some quality in, within around those players. Um, they've done it quick. They, you know, they've executed deals. All right, Jesse Lingard, I get it. You know, he's on a lot of money, uh, but it's only a year deal. Um, I mean, what, what, what's it worth? I think eight to ten million. But I mean, obviously, if they stay up, then you know, it's it's worth every penny for. It. If they go down, they get him off his books. Um, 
I'm just a little bit sort of bamboozled as to how slow we've been again. Um, I honestly thought, and I think most fans at this point of time thought, it'll be different. We've come up early. We've had plenty of time. We've known we've kind of been, you know, promoted since March. You know, surely we've been looking at a few targets. But like I say, we're sitting here now talking about, you know, sort of a handful of days before Liverpool. And, you know, we're going to be starting with the same back to, um, you know, that graced, you know, the pitch last time and it's it's the same problems but I don't know look Dan I'm going to come over to you and get your thoughts about this because I know obviously you've kind of had some concerns um, and I think everyone has so what, what's your feedback in regards to transfers at this moment in time? Yeah I mean I think a lot of people are comparing Forest to us three years ago but the point with Forest is they've made loads of signings before the season starts and they're all going to be gelling and playing together in pre-season before the first game of the Premier League, whereas a lot of ours were on deadline day after three or four games into the season and they were expected to just be thrown in together into a team and to somehow gel together, work well together, have a chemistry and a cohesion. So I think the point surrounding Forest is it is it's a fair comparison, but I just think They've done a lot of early business, and that's not that's not what we did. In terms of this year, I think um, again, so so frustrating to have known about promotion. I mean, it never looks like we were going to drop out of the top two from from about January, really. Um, and I think prior planning should have been going on, and I'm not saying it didn't go on, but you fast forward to the start of August, and we've got the same two centre backs that played against uh, Sheffield United on the last game. And there's absolutely no depth. There's no cover for them whatsoever, um, which is a bit baffling, to be honest. Um, makes you wonder what they've been doing all summer. And I think it's quite telling that Silver comes out on Sunday night after the Villarreal game and mentions that we have two senior centre-backs. And within a couple of hours, all of a sudden, we're linked to four. Apparently, we've made bids for four centre-halves. Um, Diop, uh, Vestergaard from Leicester and a couple of others. Uh, so it's almost like Silva's comments spark them into action, but just so frustrating. And I think it's it's frustrating because it, it's happened so many times now. It happened under Ikanovic, happened under Parker, and it's happening under Silva. And I worry that Silva's going to get fed up. Silva's going to, uh, you know, we, we may lose, the, you know, we might get off to a bad start. And, and lose four or five games in the first six, and Silva's going to be under pressure. But it's got to come a time where you look at every manager com publicly complaining and just you've got to surely realise it's, it's 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 above. It must be something to do with the, with the hierarchy above. So, yeah, very frustrating. What I would say, though, is the ones we've brought in, I'm very happy with. I think it, when Leno gets announced, for me, that's... A, that's a great deal for us. The fee is minimal for a goalkeeper that Arsenal paid over 20 million for uh, a couple of years ago. Um, he's an international goalkeeper, comes with a with a good reputation. Um, I think that's a really good signing for me. That's a, a big upgrade on on last year. Um, and Babu looked very good against Villarreal when he came on, and again also comes with a good reputation. Uh, Polinia was obviously a big fee, um, but again, everyone I'm saying talking to about Polinia is saying he could play for most teams in the Premier League. So I think the signings we have brought in are good and I think they are making us more competitive. But it's 
to do with centre-back where the issue is that no no one's been brought in and also squad depth as well. If we look at our bench, we're really not uh, ready for for the start of the season, it looks like. Um, but obviously, I suppose more, more, more signings will come in towards the end of the window. Um, but yeah, it's the same old... Same old thing, same old thing. And it sort of feels like Fulham uh, a second or third priority to the director of football when it's so frustrating. We could be an established Premier League team again if we just did recruitment on time and if we prepared for the window. It just doesn't look like there's much preparation that goes on. So I am frustrated, but I would say the ones that have come in, I think, will improve us. I think the goalkeeper is a game changer for us who think he could win us some points on his own um but yeah i think we need probably about four or five more players um in terms of depth and at least two center backs and one of which i imagine would, would slot straight in so frustrating but i think we're used to it now it's the same old same old if every premier league season isn't it yeah and i mean look it's um i mean i, I i've looked at it and um you know, I mean, you say that about that depth, and that, and that's quite interesting as well because we allowed Morton and Hector to leave. Um, obviously, we've, we've we've cleared the decks there to bring obviously centre backs in or, or do what we want to do, but obviously that's not happened either. Um, I mean, I don't know why that is, and like you say, it, it has to come from the top. Um, there's a policy there that seems to be sort of repeating itself season in, season out when we go up. And I don't know why that is. It, it hasn't worked two times, um, you know, and it's not looking very good this time. Although the only saving grace I would say is that I see that lineup against Arsenal last time. And um, I kind of looked at that and I thought, Christ, that really was like um, a poor squad. So at least we're kind of better there, um, to be honest with you. But I don't know. Look, let's see how these next couple of games pan out. It looks like, obviously, we may see Leno for Liverpool. Um, he's got to get past the old famous two-day Fulham, um, obviously, medical. Um, and then hopefully, you know, I get it. You know, they the, the odds of us picking up points against Liverpool are very minimal. They look a good side. Um, but I've always said, let's go into games and be competitive because, like you say, you lose them first three, four games. You know, you then obviously get a bit of kind of confidence or non-confidence going through the team. And then it becomes a struggle for, for Silva. Um, but it's going to be interesting. So, look, let's move on to the next topic, um, which is topic number three, Villarreal. Played Villarreal on Sunday, where the game finished 1-1. Uh, went behind with 35, uh, 34 minutes to a goal from, um, I think, Danny Pajero uh, with uh, you know Mitro equalising late on uh, with a good assist from Kevin um, Babu. Again, I didn't get to the game. I watched the highlights. Um, and we looked quite bright despite the lack of signing. So just going to go to the pair of you. Did you go, you know, did you get to sample, you know, a pint of Camden Hells in a new Riverside bar? And, you know, what did you think overall? And <laughs> are we ready for Liverpool? And um, I'm going to come straight back to you, Dan, on this one. Yeah, so I did go. Um, unfortunately, Hammersmith end only because I was too late to get into the Riverside. Uh, sort of a late decision to go. Um, but yeah, I thought we were good. I thought um, it would have been quite unfair if we'd have left without at least drawing. Um, they scored a good good goal, a good finish from from outside the box. But I thought we looked bright. We created chances. Um, you got to remember, Villarreal got to the Champions League semi final last year and won the Europa League the year before. And they have a well respected coach in Emery, who, other than his time at Arsenal, has has been successful pretty much everywhere he's been. So. I thought the performance against a top European side was was decent. Um, 
Mitrovic took his goal well. I mean, he missed an absolute sitter uh, at the start of the second half. I, I thought, oh God, Premier League Mitrovic has come back, but uh, thankfully he put the he put the second chance away. Um, and I thought we it was a good performance. Bearing in mind we've still got players to add. Bearing in mind it was the first time um, some of the players would have played together. I thought it was genuine, generally quite quite positive. Um, and I thought Mbabu and Kearney made a difference when they came on. I mean, they link up for the goal pretty much as soon as they come on. So I thought that was positive as well. Um, so it set us up nicely, I think. It would have been demoralising, I think, to lose that just um, mentally. I think to lose the last friendly, you always want to go into the new season with getting something from the final friendly, even though it is only a, a warm-up game. I just think psychologically it would have been quite annoying to have lost that game when I don't think we deserve to. So, um, yeah, it was a good good day out and it hopefully it sets us up well for, for Saturday. No good stuff there. Uh, Mike, coming over to you, did you manage to get to Villarreal or was you still away, Mike? Or I can't remember, but I'll come back to you to see if you've seen the highlights or anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I was in the middle of the Irish Sea, actually, on a, on a right. ferry. Um, but uh, I did watch the highlights. Um, yeah, I mean, in the end, you know, it was a uh, uh, pulls back. I got was it decent game, fair result, I suppose. Uh, and it was good to see Mitrovic score. Um, but I suppose that you know, the thing is, you it goes back to the point we just spoke about in, in transfers. You look at the starting 11, and there are only two new players in it, so we know how everyone else plays, we know their what they're good at, what they're not good at, and um. You know, uh, it's what the new players will bring for us in the Premier League because we, although we pretty much walked the championship, we know some of those players are not quite at that level. They're good players, but, you know, overall not quite. At it. So, you know, it's, again, it goes back to maybe being disappointed that new players were not there. But then you see a new player come on and get an assist. Um, you know, we've still got Solomon to come in as well. So, and again, a lot of the youngsters on the bench who who I like. So it was it was good good, you know, from what I saw. And it was nice to see people in the Riverside. Again, mixed reports on that, but you know, at least people are in there, and um, you know, sets us up for uh, for this coming week. But uh, yeah, I would have just probably just liked to have seen a few more new faces, really. But uh, it was good to see uh, us give them a good game because they are a good team. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, nice. Um, some good feedback. So I, I didn't get to this. I did watch the highlights and we did look quite sort of bright. I thought we played pretty well. We zipped the ball about and there, there was some kind of, I don't know, togetherness and understanding between the team. But like you say, I think it's, um, it is an issue there. Obviously, we're lacking um, a bit of, I don't know, uh, that, that kind of, extra few players I think to push on with that season but we're hoping that's going to come along but no I'm, I'm glad it was a nice day for everyone as you say I see some pictures from the Riverside um, it looks okay in general um, yeah and, and just hoping that sort of moving forward um, you know this, this brings us into obviously a good step for the new season um, moving on to topic number four um, Wilson injury 
if things aren't bad enough as they are, it looks like Harry Wilson will be out for up to six weeks with a bad knee injury, uh, which he picked up in a behind-closed-doors friendly against Villa. Big blow for us, this, um, as I thought he and Mitro were two players that we kind of needed to be 100% sort of fit to help us push on. Um, not to be. Um, so, you know, who who comes in or, you know, or do we have to dip into the market again for cover? And I'm going to come back to you on this one, Mike. A bit of a miss for me, this. Um, I thought we had a good season last season. I thought we'd be pivotal with this one. But it looks like he's going to spend a little bit of time on the sidelines now. So um, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, it's a big blow, isn't it? I mean, uh, you know, probably the second most important player last year. Um, I, I'm not sure we need to go in the market again, though. I mean, we've got Solomon coming in. We've got uh, Bobby Reed who can play there. Andreas can you know, Pierre, he can play there as well. Um, and we've got a couple of youngsters, Stansfield, they put out wide occasionally. Um, I would I would hold fire on that for the time being, just see how the next few weeks go with his injury. Um, and if we do have, you know, if it's going to be longer than assess where we are. But, uh, you know, him and Mitro link up so well and, the, you know, the energy he brings. Um, so, yes, no doubt. It's a blow for us and a blow for him because he still has something, I think, to prove at Premier League level as well. So, so yeah, but I could, uh, I suspect Bobby Reid will fit in uh, next week in his position. Yeah, that's no, a good feedback there. Um, coming over to you, Dan. Uh, as I said, like, I think it's um, it's just come at the wrong time. This I was hoping to see, you know, um, a kind of a fit Wilson and Mitro going into this window. They worked well last season. Bit of a blow for us, really. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Do we need to dip back into the market? I mean, I think we're going to need covering that position anyway. Um, and we're looking at that sort of Cliver or whatever it is from Roma. But the rumours of that one come, obviously, before the injury. So maybe, I don't know, Silver was looking for a bit of cover there beforehand. Um, and now it's obviously the urgency is a bit more, um, obviously, because he's going to be out for a while. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on him? I mean, have we got cover internally? Do you think we've maybe Solomon sort of slipping sides there or, you know, sort of Pereira maybe sort of pulling over to that right-hand side? I mean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I wouldn't say it was a priority to get someone else in because realistically, Wilson's going to start when he's fit. Um, I think it's such a shame that it's happened in a behind-closed-doors friendly that he probably didn't need to play in if he was going to play on Sunday against Villarreal. Um, but these things happen, so we'll just have to have to deal with it. Obviously, last season, the, the perfect season, he was barely ever injured. And we come into this season and he's he's done his calf um the week before before the first game against his old club as well so devastated for him but just hope he uh, gets through the recovery okay and I hope he can be in the team because I love watching him and I think him and Mitrovic were such a crucial link up to uh, such a crucial link up last year and a big reason as to why we were so successful um, and I was just looking forward to see him at Premier League level as you said he's definitely got something to prove some, some people kind of doubting whether he's Premier League class and from what I saw in, in the game against Nice and Benfica, I thought he was one of our best players. So very, very frustrating. Um, in terms of a replacement, I'd, again, I'd go defence first. Just if whatever money we have, get it on defenders. Wilson's going to come back in September, October time and, and slot straight in. So um, I would say we have adequate cover. Reed Pereira, as you said. Um, but yeah, such a blow because he... I think he would have done well for us in at, at the start of the season. But 
we'll have to deal with it and hopefully uh, one of the other players can can take his place and maybe give Silver a bit of a headache, you know, give him a give him a, a decision to make because at the end of the day we need competition in, in every position and two players for each position playing well, performing well, training well is is only a good thing for the club. So um, it's a shame for Wilson. I'm really disappointed for him, but I'm just looking forward to seeing him back in the team soon. Yeah, I think that's key. I think the key this season, obviously, with um, obviously the increase, you know, sub levels and, and everything else, we've got to have competitive players in each in each area. So I'm hoping that we either sort of bring somebody in or somebody can play in that position, like you say, to give Silver a bit of a headache because we can't just rely on him for the whole season. Um, I mean, based on that, have we had any sort of updates yet at all on his on his injury, or is it, is, is it still sort of? Have we not had anything at all, Dan? Do you know, or uh, from what I heard, it was about six to eight weeks six to eight weeks but don't don't quote me on it but i believe it was a calf injury um so not looking not great but i mean it could have been worse let's let's be real it could have been a, a, a fracture or a break so i think we just have to um deal with the fact it's going to be six to eight weeks and we'll probably see him in september or october time yeah, no, definitely. So um, I hope he gets better soon and, um, you know, wishing you all the best, um, Harry Wilson. Um, right, guys, moving on to topic number five, um, which is the Liverpool game. So we face Liverpool in our first game um, on Saturday. It's an early kickoff and it looks uh, like we'll be heading into this one with, you know, a partnership of Tossin and Ream at the back. Um, Liverpool looking fine form already. Um, they look very sharp, you know, and have quality throughout. Um, it's one of those sort of games where I kind of keep juggling it in my mind and just thinking, Christ, you know, we've, we've still got this Harvey Elliott thing and Carvalho will be playing and, you know, we, we've got Tim Ream and, you know, Tossin at the back and, you know, without, you know, with any more sort of recruits ourselves, you know, possibly Zeno, you know, how, how do you see us lining up for this one and how does Marco stop it becoming, you know, what we may think could be a typical bloodbath? I mean, look, might be quite surprised. It's it's their first game back. We might get one on off day. Um, but again, it's one of those games where I know people say, you know, it's a free hit, it's Liverpool, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I, I don't really see it personally like that myself, but if it is one that we need to get out of the way first, and obviously Liverpool is that game. Um, but look, I'm going to think come to you first, Mike, on this one, swap it around a little bit. I mean, um, you know, what are your thoughts on Liverpool? How does Marco Silva line up with the current squad that we've got, probably with Leno there? Um, right now, do we stop a really good side? Um, well, I mean... <laughs> I don't think it. I don't think it changed our formation at all. I think uh, you know, apart from the injuries, we'll probably see them. I suspect if we get Leno today, uh, he'll be in straight, straight in. Um, right back, Tete injured, uh, so that there'd be a change there. Um, otherwise, I think yeah, I think Cabano may have got a knock the other day, but hopefully he's fit. Otherwise, um, I suspect it'll be. Almost a start in eleven from the other day. Uh, apart, you know, um, just apart from the fullback, really. Um, if it could somehow get Ken in, you know, <laughs> I don't know how he would do it. Um, but uh, against Liverpool, it's gonna you're gonna have to be fit. You're gonna have to be running around a lot. And uh, for me, it's damage limitation. You know, if we can get a point, great. You know, we'll all be very happy and I'll get so many tweets at me saying, see, told you so. But, uh, but you know, Liverpool game, 
we don't usually get anything from them, uh, you know, occasionally. But uh, it's, um, I think it's probably not a bad thing, you know, get them first, get them out of the way and let them go and do what they're going to do for the rest of the season. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it's going to be tough, isn't it? You know, back to the Premier League and uh, this is what it's all about. This is, this is who you want to play, isn't it? The, you know, and, and test yourselves. And uh, But who knows? You know, some teams, some of the big teams take a little while to get going. We might catch them cold, although having seen a couple of highlights of their uh, friendlies, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it's uh, I suspect it virtually would be the 11 that started uh, the other day. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I do. You're right. I mean, I've watched them a couple of times, you know, in the friendlies, and they and they do look sharp. They look, you know, they, they look more than ready. Um, if, if I'm honest with you, um, you know, I throw into the equation. Um, obviously, you know, they've got a couple of very good youngsters there that are probably going to start at some point or come or be introduced into the game at some point. It's um, yeah, it looks like um, it's going to be a frustrating afternoon. But again, like you say, it's a test. It's a division that we you know we worked so hard to get into last season and. You know, one where we're going to be sort of up against, you know, the best teams, you know, possibly, you know, in the world. It is, it is a good, it is a good league. Um, you know, and I've got to be realistic, and you know, I think our aim this season is effectively to to try and stay into it and then push on. Um, you know, if if we do manage to achieve that. So, uh, look, Dan, coming over to you, mate. It's Liverpool next on Saturday. It's um, it's an early game. You know, I'm going to be there. I think most people are going to that one. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on this? They're going to be a very good side. It looks like we're going to be starting with, you know, tossing and Ream at the back. Um, you know, it's it, it may be a tough afternoon, but how does Silva set us up? And, you know, what, what have we got to try and do to get something out of this game? Yeah, I don't think it's going to define our season, this game. You know, the games that are going to define our season will be the bottom 10, home and away. Um, I just want to make sure that we don't get hammered. You know, I think the last thing you want is a four or five nil uh, to kick off the season psychologically. I just don't think that would be a great thing for us. Um, but yeah, I think as, as Mike said, I don't think he's going to change too much. I think the formation will stay the same. The team will largely be the same team as Villarreal with hopefully Leno in goal. Um, but yeah, I think we we all acknowledge it's going to be a tough game, but then this is how everyone felt against us last year. <laughs> so it's probably a bit of our own medicine. Um, but yeah, Liverpool, listen, top side. I watched them on Sunday in the uh, Community Shield. Excellent. They looked pretty gelled already. But you just got to hope that we catch them on an, on an, on an off day and um, hope that their new signings haven't quite gelled fully yet and maybe are off the pace. But again, it's probably wishful thinking. But for me, don't lose 5-0. If we can get a point, I think that's fantastic. I think a point would kickstart the season really well, give us a bit of confidence you know, I'm looking at the Wolves game after Liverpool and thinking, you know, Wolves didn't have a great year last year, just lost Jimenez for the first four or five games of the season. I'm looking at that game after Liverpool and thinking if we could get something there, that'd be great. So it's not going to define our season. It's not going to, we're not going to be relegated if we lose the first, the first game. Um, but yeah, a, a tough task, I think. And I think we'll we'll do very well to get something out of it. But just keep the score down if we can. And and just play with a bit of confidence, you know, play with last year's momentum uh, and see, try and take the games to them. There's no point just going there and, you know, putting 10 men behind the ball. Like, you might as well try and attack, try and try and score a goal. And you have to remember, we got four points off them last time. And that was under, a, in my opinion, worse 
worse squad and and worse um, backroom staff. So so uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. But yeah, let's uh, try and get something from it, which would be great. Yeah, I think you're right there in regards to damage limitations. I think, look, I mean, it is going to be a tough game, um, you know, but it's it's first game of the season. I mean, at least go out, let's have a go at them. I mean, you know, effectively, if, you, if you're only losing two or three now, I think you've had an half decent day, but it's, you know, it's as if it goes into sort of fives and sixes and stuff like that, and it, it can be a bit of a demoralising type situation. But look, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's going to be that. I'm just, like we've spoken about in this pod about being 100% ready, we're not. I'm just hoping that it doesn't have a full effect on this game and we still go into it with a bit of positivity. Like you say, we're not going to be relegated based on on, on the fact of you know sort of losing to Liverpool. Um, we're going to lose many more games for this season to very good sides. Um, the aim, I think, is to you know at least stay in this division but be competitive throughout, and, and that's all I'm looking at. Um, you know, from this season. Um, if we stay up, I think it's going to be an absolute achievement in itself and, you know, um, and we can push on from there. So it'll be interesting. We'll be there um, and I'm sure we'll all um, we'll all celebrate if we do get something out of it. Right, guys, coming on to topic number six, which is uh, Tim Ream. Wanted to touch on this subject as I feel, you know, we, we can't have an opinion sometimes about other fans sort of saying, you know, get off players' backs. You know, in recent weeks, you know, Tim has come under some scrutiny um, as it looks like he'll be starting again, you know, against Liverpool. Uh, but most fans' concerns are, you know, over him not, you know, being good enough, you know, for the Premier League. I get the point, you know, he's, he's nearly 35, you know, he's a yard or two slower now and it's been proven since before, you know, that he's just not a good fit. Um you know, I'd like to take this opportunity to say that you know I, I think Tim is a top. Uh, Tim is a top professional. You know, he's a leader. He's a gentleman. He's reliable, and you know, a real full and favourite. But when it comes to football, um, you know, he does have his limitations. You know, for me, I'm going to ask this question: are, are we right to have an opinion about this, or should we just say nothing? And uh, I'm going to come back to you, Dan. I'm going to get your thoughts over this. I want you to look at it as a point of Tim Ream being Tim Ream, but then obviously, you know getting into business in the Premier League, I want you to look at that side and just give, you, give your own bit of feedback on this. Yeah, listen, I think you should never be afraid to have your own opinion on it. Just because other people disagree doesn't mean they're right or they're wrong or that you're wrong or that you're right. I think he was good last year. Um, I think at championship level, I still think he's, he's, he's very good. Um, and, you know, you don't play... He played... I think he played every game. For, I think he played 46 games... You know, you don't stay in a championship winning side if you're no good, which is the assertion that I'm getting from some people. But then I do understand and I sort of have the opinion myself that at the level above, it's it's worrying that that he is going to be starting games at the moment. I think as in terms of, as you said, a leader, um, his presence in the dressing room, he's been there for six or seven years now. Um I can understand why his contract was extended, but I think at Premier League level, there are questions to be asked. And I do worry about Salah and Nunez and uh, Firmino, et cetera, against him on Saturday. Um, but I think that's the situation we're in because of the recruitment, as we discussed earlier. So it's not like people want him to fail. A lot of people seem to think it's it's disrespectful or... Um, it, it's it's harsh on Ream, but I think people just want the best for the team. And I think a lot of people think at Premier League level, is Ream up to it? And I think on the last couple of seasons, you would say probably not. But what I would say is I would be delighted to be proven wrong. If Tim Ream 
plays against Liverpool on Saturday, play as a blinder, we keep a clean sheet, then no one is going to be happier than me and every other fan that doubts his ability at Premier League level. I think it's just only natural for people to raise concerns. And just because they've raised concerns doesn't mean they hate Tim Ream or they want Tim Ream sold. It's just trying to make sure we establish ourselves back in the Premier League. And how do we do that? For me, that's sign a new defender, a new central defender, at least one. And, and by the way, Tosin, you know, I don't think Tosin was outstanding last season. I wouldn't say Ream or Tosin are, are that different. So um, I think we need some depth in that area. We've discussed that already. But I think people saying, expressing concerns about Tim Ream at Premier League level is not disrespectful. I think it's just honest. And I think it's people expressing honestly held views. But like I said, prove me wrong on Saturday and I'll be as happy as anyone. 100%. And I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. Um, he puts in a good performance on, on Saturday. And um, yeah, I'm, I'll be the first one to hold my hand up and say, look, you know, well done, Tim. Um, you know, this is great. Uh, but like I say, it is a completely different level up there, and you know it's been different scenes before. And I'm just slightly worried again, and it's nothing to do with him. It's, it's more to do about the start that we have and the, and the level that we're playing at. So, uh, Mike, I'm going to come over to you on this one. Um, Tim Ream, like I say, I think you've seen some of the opinions floating about, um, you know, and every time you have an opinion, it's always sort of bad about that you're being horrible to this player or, or any player or they're on their backs or whatever. But sometimes it's just an opinion about football. And football is a business at the end of the day and, you know, certain players are suited certain levels and stuff like that. And I just want to get your opinion on this as well and, and see what you think. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you added this as a topic. I did, I did actually tweet something last week because I got to the point of, you know, just because you, you say a player isn't good enough or shouldn't be in the team doesn't mean you're calling them shit or rubbish or anything like that. It is exactly what you've both said, which is all about levels. You know, me and, me and Scott are old enough to remember watching us go from the bottom division up to the top division. And there were players in the bottom division who we loved. And we, you know, we would have loved to have seen them playing in the, in the Premier League, but they weren't good enough. And every season as we went up, I'm sure you agree, Scott, some of your favourite players, suddenly a new player comes in and you realise he was good, but he's not that good. <laughs> and then your next league up, you see it happen again. It's very rare for players to be able to, you know, move up these divisions all the time. And, you know, Tim Ream, absolutely great season last year, great season the the last time we went up as well, and the time before that as well. But in the Premier League, he has been found wanting. And, you know, he, he's 35 now. You know, he's not going to get any faster. Um, and we want to stay up, don't we? So, you know, for me, that means we need, need to have new centre-backs as cover, Tim Ream, very happy for him to be in the squad, very happy for him to come on as a sub occasionally, even start a few games. Um, but I used to say about Adoy, who I know is a fan's favourite and everyone loved him and great and all this. I said, you know, if he starts the majority of games in the Premier League, we get relegated. And it happened. And I'll say the same with Tim Ream. If he starts 10 games this year, I'm afraid that means we'll probably end up going down because he's just not at the level that's required now. And I'm not calling him shit, rubbish or anything because he's a really good player. He's just not at this level. And 
and you see it on Twitter and, and in forums and that, you know, as soon as you have an opinion, people are on you and you're calling them this, you're calling them that and being disrespectful. It's not. It's just that. It's just an opinion uh, based on however many years of watching football that I feel that player is not quite good enough. You know, and, and and we all do it. And any fan, who anyone who says, "Oh no, I'm, you know, I'll never be critical." So you tell me they watch a game and they're never critical of a player. They like every single one of them. It's just rubbish, isn't it? So continue making those opinions. Continue shouting them, tweeting them, doing whatever you're going to do. Uh, you know, but in a respectful way, and 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 in a way that you can have an argument and a discussion about it. If you can defend your point of view then there's nothing wrong with it. No, I totally agree with that. And um, I, I think it's, yeah, I think that, I mean, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the world's worst person on Twitter. I can, I can tell you that for a start. But, um, you know, it's it's one of the sort of things. I've where, never known it, Scott, to be honest. No, that's what a lot of people say, to be honest with you. Um, but, but what I'm saying to you is, it's a case that sometimes business is business, football, football. And it is an opinion. And like you quite rightly said, you know, back in the day when we used to watch Fulham um, in, in the kind of lower leagues, and I know it's, everyone goes through this kind of period, but players, you know, um, you get favourites or whatever, but as the team becomes better and they progress, they get phased out. And Simon Morgan was one of those. I mean, he kind of made it, I think, what was it, championship sort of level. But then you kind of knew that, you know, he had his days and, you know, he would be replaced with somebody else. And I love those type of players. It's the same with, with Tim Ream. Great servant to the club. I mean, even when Mike Rigg, I think, found him, I mean, we only paid a minimal fee for him of something like, not even two million, was it? And we, we've had him at the club for several years and he's been through... You know, three promotions and, you know, he, he'd been a great servant to the club. But, you know, you look at it now and it is a case that we want to remain in the Premier League. And unfortunately, when you do that, you know, you have to replace players with better. And unfortunately for me, my opinion is that Tim Ream is one of those players. And it's not to say that I want him sold, you know, or out of the club. You know, I want him around the club because he's a, he's a great leader. You know, he's a great servant. And I think it's important to have him around there. But it's I just personally think that's the reason why. Um, you know, and, and unfortunately, again, it is down to opinions. So, look, guys, moving on to topic seven, because I'm cautious of time, which is uh, what we always sort of end the show with, um, is the Liverpool predictions. As always, we end the show by giving our predictions uh, for the up-and-coming game. And this week, it's Liverpool. Um, tough one to predict, um, but it's got to be done. So what are you saying, Dan? Oh, I was hoping you'd go to Mike first. Um, I don't really see the point in predicting us to lose because I'm just going to get loads of hate if we win. Um, so the optimist in me says 1-1, but I am going to go realistic and I'm going to say, unfortunately, we're going to lose this one 3-1. I do think we'll score, but I think they'll be too strong for us going forward. Um, but what I will say is I do think we'll get something at Wolves the following week. So I'm not just being negative. I'm just being realistic. So 3-1 Liverpool. No, no, it's perfectly fine, mate. I mean, look, this is a kind of a, a kind of a fun competition that we had over, we have over the period of the season. Um, and it's one of those ones we had up the points at the end of it. And, you know, we, we'll buy each other a beer or say it's one of those ones, really. I mean, don't don't feel sort of bad what other people think. I mean, it's a realistic sort of shot of what you think the game's going to be. And, um I'll come over to you, Mike. Um, what do you think? Is it going to be a bloodbath or do you think we're going to get something out of this? Uh, I'd like to think we can get something out of it, but realistically, um, I think Liverpool will just be too strong. Um, I'm, I think it'll be 3 0. Um, and but I agree with Dan that uh, we'll get something at Wolves. And, and he's right, this game won't define 
the season. You know, if it was the the ninth game or the twentieth game, it wouldn't define our season because it's it's Liverpool, and if we're lucky to get one point a season off them on average, so uh, you know, it, it's it's a tough game. Let's get it out of the way and and get moving on. But uh, you know, if we get something great, but realistically, no, unfortunately, we're not going to get anything at all. No, look, I'm the same boat. I'm realistic. Um, I just don't think we're prepared enough at the moment. I think we'll give it a good go, but I think class will sort of outshine us in the end. And unfortunately, I, I do think we're going to get a little bit of a first game tonking here and I'm going to go 4-1 to Liverpool. Um, that's not just me being negative. That's just where I feel that it is. And if it is any different, I'll hold my hands up and say I was completely wrong. Um, to add to the predictions, um, Owen has messaged through um, and he's predicted a 1-1 draw. Um, and Jerry has messaged me as well to say that he thinks it's going to be 2-2. So there is some optimism in there. Um, so, look, you know, let's move on to Saturday. Let's go in with some high hopes. Um, hopefully we get something out of it. If not, like you say, it's not going to be a defining game. Um, we're not going to get relegated based on losing to Liverpool. And um, hopefully we move on to get something from Wolves. Right. So, look, sadly, we've come to the end of another show. Um, so I'd like to thank Mike and Dan, you know, for joining us. Uh, and for those of you who have taken the time to listen in. Um, look, we'll be back again sort of next week to cover the Liverpool game. And hopefully, you know, by then we'll have a few more recruits. Um, as you know, you know, um, Fofcast is readily available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. You know, so make sure you subscribe to catch any future shows. But until then, thanks for listening to Fofcast. <laughs>